and welcome back to Mixed Media Live. I am really excited for this episode because we're broadcasting to a whole new audience. Those of you on Rumble have been listening to the podcast for some while, uh, for some time now. It's the 32nd episode. It's pretty crazy to think about, <laughs> uh, but it's been a fun journey. But it's uh, great to see the show evolve, definitely. Um, I think the biggest thing I want to get out up in front is thank you to Rob Sharma, who made this possible by supporting us on Locals. Uh, it's invaluable, uh, this kind of leap that we're taking forward because of his help. And uh, because of that, I'll be putting a link to some of his credentials in the description of the final version of this podcast. And the other thing is, if you want to support us, we have a lot of perks. And uh, the great news is that I'm at a point <laughs> where I'm sort of taking a little bit of a pivot in my, you know, personal filmmaking journey, my personal business journey, where I'm sort of to pivot away from freelance and uh, towards a little bit more of a, I would say, like audience building mode that I'm going to going to go into. So I'm excited for the channel because of that. I'm going to be freeing up some time for myself because of that, uh, which is nice. Uh, so expect improvements sooner than I usually say. <laughs> Uh, which is to say, sometimes I say I'll do something, it'll take me a month for it to actually show up on the, uh, on the podcast. Um, but yeah, who is Mixed Media? What is Mixed Media? Mixed Media is a weekly live podcast. It's like a radio show that appears every Friday at 7 p.m. on YouTube, Rumble, and Twitch. So shout out to the YouTube and uh, Twitch out there as well. You guys are awesome. And what we do is we talk about all things art. Uh, we each come from at it from our uh particular interests. So film, gaming, and music tends to be the biggest things. We also talk about general things like art business, art philosophy, practically anything. We react to your stuff. And that, that's what we're going to be doing today. Uh, today we'll be reacting to your hot takes on uh, Reddit, as well as reviewing an indie composer's music, which I'm really excited about. So yeah, without further ado, uh, I guess we'll introduce ourselves. So uh, my name is Irving. I'm a filmmaker and media entrepreneur. I own a company called Ariella. If you can see there, I've got an Ariella uh, sweatshirt right there. <laughs> I always got to rep my company when I'm on stream. So you can uh, go to my website uh, and check out my stuff. Ben, who are you? I'm Ben Costello. I'm a flute player and a media composer. Yeah, and usually we have a third with us. Uh, uh, my brother, Nathan Nestor, he's uh, in college, so he's a little bit inundated. I think he has something like three exams tomorrow or something like that. So uh, I know how that feels like. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we decided to, to, to cut him some slack today. <laughs> so uh, wish him luck. Uh, so yeah, uh, I guess we'll start with, uh, with Ben's segment. I don't think I have much else to say in the intro. We'll just hop right into the review. And I'll just change the plate. So yeah, go ahead, take it away. Yeah, so we haven't done a um, you know review of uh, of someone's art in in a little while. So I you know looked around uh, on on the usual Reddit sites that I've I've combed through before, and um, it's one piece that I found. It's called a track called Sunshine and Lasers by Nick O'Brien. And I'm not sure if uh, Nick is listening to the show or not. If you are, you're welcome to comment on anything I say. You can comment in the live chat. If not, we'll just, we'll just keep going. So this is a short track 
and I believe it is billed as a kind of adventure theme for an RPG game. It's pretty short, so we can just listen to the whole thing. So if you want to keep, pull that up, Irving. Yes, I will do so now. Give me one second. Just a mind that it's not playing. Yeah, I'll just uh, chime in with my quick uneducated thoughts. <laughs> there's quite sure. a there's quite a journey there. I really liked the journey from front to end. Yeah, a lot of variations on a theme, um, but still interesting nonetheless from front to back. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, your opinion is is pretty. You, you know, you I don't know how to say more valuable than mine, but you're more familiar with. Uh, the video game and RPG world than I am. And of course, Nathan certainly is. And fortunately, Nathan is not here to give yeah. his thoughts on it. So, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll say up, up front that like my, my experience is much less in, in the video game world than it is in, in the in the film world. So take non like purely, you know, note wise things with it, with some, some gr grain of salt, um, although I'm not really I don't have that much to say on like the narrative front. Um, I think overall it's a really, really nice track. It's very, very light overall, even when you get large. And I mean, maybe light is, isn't the right word because I have some comments on, on you know, thickness of, of things. But maybe we should say, I, I'll, I'll say like uh, kind of clarity of texture. Like there, there, there are very few things going on and they're all very well defined. Um, even when it gets larger and louder, 
and that you know that's it's that it can be a good treat. It depends on what you're looking for. I, I tend to like writing in, in, in that kind of lighter manner as well. I think it works here. Is a lot that's kind of at least to me reminiscent of Desplat and um, some of his you know film stuff. Like I'm thinking in particular of Little Women, his you know recent recent score. Um, well, not that recent, but right before the pandemic, I guess almost two years old now. But um, yeah. yeah, you know the kind of like. L- light string texture in in some kind of you know three three eight six eight piano kind of dominating the melody and then a couple of woodwinds and and well he doesn't use any brass in that score but you know kind of light wind texture you know along with the piano it reminds me of that probably not anything that you were thinking of but that was this kind of first impression that that uh, you know that I I got from it, but overall, very very well put together piece. And you can see that you know you, you thought about. Uh, I, I think uh, composer mentioned thinking about um, looping here, and so we got that kind of repeat, and and that that works really well, I would say. Obviously, if you're writing for a game that doesn't exist, you know, yeah, you have to you're making up where where you know where you want it to loop. Um, but you know, as, as a piece in itself, it works, I would say. So the question, first question I would have is, you know, do you want this to be performed like in your ideal version of this is, is the piece going to, would it be performed by live musicians or just, you know, being done by virtual instruments? Uh, because if it is being done live, there are a couple of considerations I would, would want to make. And I hope that, like, ultimately, you know, your your goal is to have a live orchestra record record you know the music that you write. Now, I think ultimately that's that's every composer's goal, even if they exist, you know, only in, in the virtual world or something. For composers that you know, when you have live musicians play it, it's it's just so much better than than anything you can do, even with the best programming. You know, there are there are like a handful of notation things that you could you could uh, you know look at a few spots where you want to make sure that you know you're using um, correct not well not, I I don't want to say beaming but uh, grouping of rests um, but there are very few spaces where that's an issue um, just make sure that generally if you want four eighth notes of rest total. Right in in six eighth, you want uh, dotted dotted quarter, and then one eighth rest, not just a half rest, um, because you're probably going to throw people off, especially if they're not playing that bar in in a kind of a hemiola three. So that happens in a couple of spots. I would make if you want to record this with um, live orchestra. I mentioned this on on past shows. The importance of measure numbers and like really large measure numbers. I'm sure Irving is familiar with that. Also, yes. big time <laughs> signatures is useful. I'm not sure. It's a little hard to tell from the score that was, you know, on the YouTube video, uh, whether you just wrote flute or like or flutes because I know the very end you have 
flute, I guess was flute two come in for like one measure, like the last, you know, measure or two. So that might be something to note too, but you, you know, you want two, two people um, and note one person playing melody when you want only one person playing it. It's not obvious until the end of there, you want two flute players, but so you want to make those things obvious, as obvious as possible in the score. One thing that I was a little confused by is I think you mentioned some somewhere in, in one of your comments or in your description on, on um, Reddit that you're thinking of, uh, you know, a mixture of, of going between Lydian and Mixolydian. And there's certainly some Mixolydian stuff, although I wasn't really sure. I don't think there's anything Lydian in, in there. So you want to I'm explain sure like there. somewhat what that means for people who don't know? Uh, sure. So uh, kind of in, in traditional Western theory, there are the uh, seven church modes, or not, not church modes, well, Greek modes as well. Um, ostensibly, they're based on uh, ancient Greek scales, which, you know, probably not actually true. They're all named after different places and other, you know, ancient Greek things. And so it's probably somewhat of an invention of of, of the... Uh, the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages, uh, you know, that these trying to draw some kind of seemingly legitimate connection to Greece. But basically, the the simplest way to, to think about them is if you just take any scale, right? If you take like the, the white notes on a piano, okay, and you start on the pitch C and go C D E F G A B C, right? The next highest C, that would be the first first mode. And technically, the church modes are slightly different. So, in in the Middle Ages, but for for our purposes, right? These these modes. So all the white notes C to C would be the first mode of the Ionian mode. Dorian mode is the same notes, but you start on D. So you know the pitch center is D instead of C, and you know the scale is D E F G A B C D. Phrygian would start on E with the focus being on E. Uh, so Mixolydian would be starting on scale degree five and Lydian starting on scale degree four. And the, the characteristic sounds of mixed Lydian being the like a major scale, but with a flat seven and the Lydian being a major scale with a sharp four. You know, a lot of composers tend to think in terms of these modes, uh, especially if they're, you know, not thinking in, in terms of major minor. So yeah, you know, I, Nothing wrong with not having anything Lydian, um, but I, I wasn't sure what you're referring to. I don't think there's any Lydian character in, in that. A couple of other uh, smaller things I would note. Um, when you have the bass come in and it's playing like those, I, I don't have the measure numbers because it's kind of hard to see the measure numbers on the score uh, on, on YouTube, but um, you have the, the bass when, when it comes in in kind of a larger section and they have like those measures that they're doing the you know the eighth notes the d d d d and you have them uh, a kind of slur mark over all of them do you do you want the question i would ask, ask have you is do you want the basses to play that in one bow stroke you actually do the same thing at that part with all the strings you know where they're doing the um, three quarter notes all one bow stroke but you want them all to be accented, which is a little bit difficult for string players to give a really hard accent if they're not giving it, you know, re, re-bowing. So, you know, think about whether you, you actually want 
all that to be played in kind of one legato bow stroke or whether you kind of what what, what performance structure you want there because as it is they're they're gonna you know it's gonna be a little bit smoother than you want it to be because they're gonna try and play in one bow stroke I would say just from a purely mix standpoint, when you have the mute the muted trumpets playing, um, that's pretty low in your your mix. And in real life, that's probably going to be even though they're muted, it's going to be a little bit louder than than you think, especially because you have the strings in kind of a thinner. You know, it's not. It's going to be the strings are also going to probably going to be louder than you you imagine that they will be, which I'm going to mention in a second. But the trumpets are definitely going to be louder than than they are. Uh, in your mix in real life. So if you want to, you know, make the mix a little bit more realistic, you want to want to bring them up because I could barely hear them in, in your mix. In terms of, of the strings and the size of your ensemble, and you don't mark the VZ, at least I can, can see it on, on a little score on YouTube for the um, violas when they're playing the, you know, their kind of constant eighth note pattern at the, pretty much throughout, except for in a really large section. So I assume you want them to div- be divided there, right? Have half play of a top note, half play of a bottom note instead of doing a, a double stop. So, you you know, it, it's probably polite to the players to mark that. And then I would say, I would think about the balance within that. Because uh, if you can have all the first violins playing one pitch, all the second violins playing the next pitch, and then the, you know, six violas on if you're assuming we're like a standard size orchestra right you know like you know 16 14 16 on pitch one highest pitch 14 16 on second highest pitch six on the next one and six on the next one it's a big drop there um especially because you don't have anything larger you know on the larger string instruments um playing there uh underneath of them so you know i would think about the balance with that and then I would also think, is that sound with, you know, depending on the size or orchestra that you want, um, especially, but if you are going with like a full, you know, string section, is that going to be a little bit too much for the rest of the texture with like the piano and, and the winds? I, I mentioned Desplat's Little Women's score th- earlier, and I think that might be a good score to, I said, like I said, it's got a lot of elements that are very similar to this in it. A lot, of, a lot of it, a lot of attracts are especially the ones that I would pay attention in particular the ones that have woodwinds. And note the kind of size, roughly, of, of his ensemble, especially the string players, and and how you know few that, that that there are in order to achieve that really light texture and have the winds kind of be of equal power to them and the piano as well so you know that might be a, a, a score just to listen to or transcribe it i actually just listened to it and transcribed a lot of it myself because it's such a light texture it's really not that hard to transcribe it so i, I would i would think about that and, and think about you know his balance and then ask yourself whether you really want to what size of string section you want there I think also in general, you could probably have maybe a few more expression and dynamic markings throughout. I think that would just, you know, in real life, would give more life to your score. The players are going to, you know, be able to get more into it and, and shape it a little bit more. I mean, they'll do it if you have a good players anyway, but it's always good to kind of show them what you want and not just let them kind of 
make it up themselves and rely on their own intuition. I would I would caution that like to to that if you're gonna have a you know this is just one track from a hypothetical sort of game, um, but I would caution from too much of like the the same repeated pattern like you know well, well, I'm not sure if I remember exactly what things A G you know in in the in the vi- violins right A A A G G G A A A G G G for a very long time, so you know if you're gonna write something longer. In this style, you may want to consider as well, also giving you know a little bit more of interest to the different you know players and not having them just kind of do the same you know note 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 right and and do that for a long time because people will eventually they won't they won't tell you but they'll eventually get tired of that so just something to keep in mind for any for kind of larger things you might think too about if you have a little bit longer track maybe varying the harmony a little bit more instead of just kind of mostly being you know kind of repeated repeated pattern of planing major nine major yeah major nine chords or you know major chords sus sus two i guess it's how you're voicing it which is you know not non-functional but just kind of planing that you could maybe try and create a little bit more harmonic interest in something a little bit longer than this uh, length of a track i think it's it's effective here the only other thing i would say is you know, you have the section that repeats or, or loops, depending how you want to think about it. And when you come out of it, you just have everyone end on, like, I think, a, a, just a quarter note in that next measure. And then and then they drop out, and the piano starts the melody immediately right there. That felt a little abrupt to me. I would, there are different ways you could approach it. But I think what you're going to find is if you don't give the player some kind of indication it's you know to to decrescendo or something or provide some sort of break you know or transition there you're going to find i think that you're going to go from like a lot of volume to and, and covering up the beginning of the piano to nothing very quickly and it might be a little bit jarring uh, i do like though that at the end right after at, at that section after the after the looped or repeated section um, instead of having all the string players play that pattern, you just have the, the uh, divided violas. And I think that a little bit lighter there um, in terms of like like raw sound, not just not like thickness of texture, but like in terms of raw sound. And I think that in some ways is maybe a little bit more effective and maybe a little bit closer to what you want if you you know if you don't have a small ensemble, if you have a large ensemble. I think that kind of thinner texture, just the violas and the piano playing your repeated chord pattern at the beginning could be really effective. Yeah, so there's a lot lot of stuff there, but I think it's a very well-written track overall. I think the melody is very nice. I know you mentioned that it's a reference to some other theme that I'm just not familiar enough with video game themes to, to know what it is, but... I think you you know you you've crafted really nice texture, really open texture, very clear texture, um, very good sense of you know drama within the track, and yeah, I I think you know it's good kind of thing that that could work pretty well overall in a in a game setting. Although I'm by far far from the I'm far from the expert on on that sort of thing, so definitely. Uh, keep up the good work, and I do really think that uh, listening to some Desplot, especially um, Little Women, 
is a really good thing to to help you think about um, size of ensemble and balance and like you know strings that are supposed to be light but also with like important melodic stuff in the piano and, and winds. I think that was extremely valuable, by the way. Uh, I'm always amazed when you go deep into it. Uh, just a lot of like practical stuff, you know, just a lot of good. Yeah, just good advice. So um, what's the person's name? I don't think I don't know if you said it earlier or the person is uh, Nick O'Brien. OK, well, uh, congrats, Nick O'Brien, on finishing something yes. that is uh, that is good. You know, it, I, I can't under, you know, you can't understate how impressive it is when someone actually puts their mind to something and actually completes it. And I say that maybe I'm projecting because I have that problem all the time. But well, uh, you know, completing things is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Someone if a comment in the live chat from Leroy Jenkins who says, What video game is it in what ge- video game is it in reference to? I didn't hear that part. Uh, I'm not sure. The uh po- the composer on uh Reddit and their description of it said that it's in reference to something and it's just something like bonus points if you know what it's in reference to. So I don't. I don't get the bonus points. <laughs> there's a link uh in the chat actually with uh the youtube video so if you want to check it out and see if you can guess the video game link uh and you come back and you tell us that's bonus points for you <laughs> uh because i'm curious to know as well if it's like I, I i couldn't whatever it was i didn't i definitely didn't catch it the first pass through um and i'm also not you know the most well-versed in video in uh, video game music for sure oh yeah and i had this random idea random thought while you were uh talking i was like hmm what if uh, what if Nathan uh, gave you some uh, some like video game music suggestions to look over or something like that? I think there's some uh, more like I'm, the, some things that come to mind immediately are like the Halo soundtrack is very well loved. I have not listened to it in I don't know I don't remember it at all, so I couldn't comment on it personally. But like there's stuff like that, so it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on those things. Yeah, if he wants to give me some recommendations, I'll definitely listen to them. So. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, everyone can check out this person's work uh, in the link in the description. If you're listening in post, the link will definitely be there. If you are uh, live right now, it's in the live chat. So if you want to check it out, go give them a like. Tell them that you heard it on this podcast, too, so that they know that we uh, did this for them. And also, if you really like it and you want to share it amongst different uh, communities, share their stuff. You know, if you like stuff. Give it love, <laughs> you know. Don't 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 uh, go come across things you love and then just pass pass through them and not give someone who could use a little, you know, uh, arm up uh, a little arm up, you know, just by hitting the like button or something like that. Yeah, so. I've been I've been um, you know I subscribe to all the different links for uh, every everyone I've reviewed so far on on our show and you know I've kept track of, kept track of the the different things they put out so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> See, Ben's putting in the work. Hit the like button. <laughs> I don't want to cause no problems. I just want to live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, but you know when you see imposters. We know how to read them faces, same way you know how to read them comments. If you want to talk, let's talk. But around here, make sure you walk and your talk is constant. <laughs>